Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. I'm Diane. And I'm the closer. My name is Pete. Ooh, nice. So what are we going to be talking about today, Pete? Well, coffee is for closers, as Alec Baldwin famously said in a movie that I can't remember right now. I've never heard that line. Oh, well, we're going to talk about two things that have closed recently. Ooh, okay. Um, Which sort of ties into what's new this week. So this week... We saw the Raptors go through their next uh, final, I guess, final round, Eastern Conference Finals. Yep, they were wrapping up. Wrapping, nice pun. Oh, um, we also finished off The Office, which is a TV show we've been sort of following and talking a little bit about throughout the podcast. Yes, it actually finished a couple of years ago, but we were just catching up. We finished. On Netflix. We started and finished, probably within... The time that we started this podcast, actually, which is kind of <laughs> <Probably>. cool. <laughs> kind of cool. So, I think we've been doing this since March. So it's been, you know, it's been a couple months, maybe three. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, we also were playing some Lego again, which was fun. Yes. I don't know. Do you got any comments on that? Um, no, not really. I think we've figured out the game a little bit more. So yeah. when we seem lost, we're like, no, no. We have to do this. Let's take a moment and think about it. Or we need to do this, or I can change characters, and that will allow me to do this. And someone needs to be able to read this computer. Who do we think could do that? Yeah. Um, so I think we're figuring it out a little bit faster. I still just can't use a controller. Really? You've, you fooled me, because you seem pretty good at it. I tried to cross that stupid rock bridge and kept ending up in the water (laughs) until I realized I didn't actually have to jump onto each rock. I could just walk across. Yeah. I don't know if that's a controller thing or if that's just like a perspective thing because it seems like certain angles of paths, you don't quite, you can't quite see it or understand where it's telling you to go. Like there was last time there was a bridge you had to cross over and you just Mm -hmm. kept walking off the cliff instead of going over the bridge. Yes. Because I think you can't tell where... I guess in that perspective where you're supposed to go to cross that bridge. And is that a video game thing or is that a me thing? Uh, both. Like, like, I don't know. You would be able to do it no problem? Well, yeah, I, I see <laughs> I see where it is. And yeah. I, but I, I mean, maybe I'll make a mistake the first time, but... Can I add one more thing? Yeah. The swimming faster by pressing X button. <laughs> I was like so behind you while we were swimming underwater for this whole level. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm going slowly. And then, like, 80% of the way through, you're like, oh, by the way, if you press X, you swim way faster. (laughs) This is one of those things called video game logic, again, where, uh, to me, I didn't think anything of it. I don't think a prompt even came up, but there was a portion, there was a point in the game where we've built a uh, boat and... Submarine. It got attacked. Exploded basically mm-hmm. and sunk into the water. So we're playing as two guys swimming in the water, trying to find, I guess, our friends or whatever. And uh, yeah, I was constantly way in front of you, and you were trailing behind. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, yeah, probably until about ten minutes later. It's like, oh, you should probably. I think if you hold down yeah, the X button, it'll make you swim faster. Mm-hmm. And to you, that probably like doesn't make any sense. Not like intuitively, no. But that's like in every video game, which is so strange. <laughs> Because, like, in real life, I would love to have an X button that could just allow me to do everything faster. That'd oh, be that great. would be great. Yeah. For sure. Complete book faster. Boom, boom, boom. Speed reading. Yeah. Yeah. Complete work. Hot work. 
Anyways, the day passed faster. It was fun. I feel like that controller, me unable to just use the controller. I like video games in about 15 to 20 minute bursts. Yeah, and I've been having a lot of fun with you, so I hope you keep it up. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Raptors. What do you think? Sure, let's do it. Because we got two two things we want to get into, so this might Mm -hmm. take a bit of time. So yeah, absolutely. I'd like to dedicate time to both. So let's let's get right into it. So the Raptors wrapped up. It was just uh, yesterday, right on Saturday. Um, because you're at your hockey game. I saw it at your hockey game. Friday night was my hockey game. Friday night. Okay. So Friday. It's already been two days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So game four. No, game, game six. six. My goodness. <laughs> Do you so have good. notes on game have... four? Is that why? Uh, yeah, game six. Uh, we were at the ACC. So far in this series, the Raptors have been able to win all their games at the Air Canada Center. Uh, fan support. There are a ton of people outside the Air Canada Center in what they've termed Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park yeah. Uh, so, yeah, huge fan support. Fans are chanting the whole time during the games. Uh, repeatedly, I've seen players comment like, are you letting more people in? Like the noise level is insane at these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that really boosted them. Uh, but then they'd go away to play in uh, Cleveland and they lose by like 30 points. Yeah. And that's where they kind of got uh, out of rhythm, I guess you could say. They're not, they like they would get blown out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange. How uh, at home, even they were, they would win by large margins at home too. Yep. At least against Cleveland, not as much, but against some of the other teams too. But yeah, as soon as they were away, it's like that support unit was really big. And I remember saying to you when I was watching the games, it's like, it's almost like they should have a guy uh, at the coach's area having an iPad that's just broadcasting the stream of that Jurassic Park to (laughs) sort of get those players pumped up again, right? Yeah, something. I don't know. Anyways, they did well. Pushed it to game six. Yeah, I have to say, like, this is this is really impressive. And, I, and I'm really proud. I actually tweeted out to those guys that I was proud of them. Sweet. Um, with that We the North hashtag that has Excellent. become so cool. But, yeah, it's it's really awesome. And I uh, this year, and especially, like, it's just amazing how much basketball now is a part of culture in Toronto. This has been a huge difference, even from last year. Mm-hmm. And the year before, especially. You know, it was great in Sunday school today. Mm -hmm. uh, The minister was saying, now, you know, when I was a kid, there were these big teams that would play each other in baseball. Do you know what they were? And one girl puts up her hand and says, the Raptors. (laughs) She's like seven. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) So to the seven-year-olds coming along now in Canada, the big team is the Raptors. That's cool. But he said baseball? Yeah, he did. She was way Mm. off. Yeah. That's a that's another weird side point, but uh, I was having a conversation with someone. But there's only one Canadian team in baseball now, too. Yes, true. So, wow, when did that mm-hmm. happen? A while ago. <laughs> the Montreal Expos haven't been playing for a number of years. Anyway, sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was really kind of cool, and uh, I I remember I've been like throughout this podcast has sort of been I guess maybe negative and predicting they'd get wiped and all that, mm-hmm. and it's kind of strange because I just looked at their like. Uh, season stats. Yep. And during the season, the Raptors had 56 wins and 26 losses. Yep. Franchise record yeah. number of wins. Yeah. And Cleveland had 57 wins, mm-hmm. 25 losses. So it's a difference of one game. They would I would say they're pretty evenly matched just based yep. on season st- statistics. But 
I don't know. There's something, there's something the team is still missing. Like I think they got all the spots, but there is, I, the only word I can think of is like, there's something to do with confidence. Okay. Um, and once anything like throws them off, it like, it's just hard for them to get back into it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else it is. Cause they've got talent. Yep. They've got a, a wide range of uh, skill sets. Like mm-hmm. they got the fast guys. They got the guys who can shoot long range. They got some big guys who are good at rebounding. Like they've got all the skill sets. It's all there. They got great uh, team energy. Like they, they get along really well with each other. So it's like they have everything they need, but it's something else is missing that I can't quite figure it out. Uh-huh. So with that in mind, and this has kind of come across my mind too, is what are they going to do in the off season? Because I know in previous years, they've mm-hmm. maybe made first round of the playoffs and they've lost. And mm-hmm. the general managers have kind of come in and being like, you know what? Some of these guys, gone. Just let's change it up. Get a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Now we've made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Pushed it to game six. Mm-hmm. Seem to have the right mix of people, but something is missing. I agree. Yeah. And well, if it's, if it's a confidence thing, like I don't, I don't think you can train that. I don't think you can run drills by the coach to teach you confidence. No, and I don't know if bringing in another person or changing up the lineup is going to alter that confidence either. No. Will it? Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe they just need one guy who's just the guy who gets things going, who (laughs) will bring up, who would be like the audience that the Toronto Raptors Mm -hmm. uh, have at uh, home court advantage. It would be the guy that just goes out there and makes some kick butt plays and stuff mm-hmm. happens you know but also maybe too just knowing that they are capable of making it to the conference finals and holding their own maybe that will give them a bit of a boost yeah too, and i hope they take, i hope year. that's what they take out of it but i mean it was a bit of a blowout I, we didn't mention the score but yeah the the final was 113 to 87 the last was, game yeah and it was really strange because i remember watching it and you know, the first quarter, they were behind by like 5.7 points. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, they're so close. And they're working really hard. Like, it wasn't like they gave up. And the second quarter is like it went up to 13-point difference. And it's like, even then, they would go on these runs. And it's like, yeah, these guys are good. They're getting closer. And it's like, then you look at the score. And like, they're still not within single digits. And then the third quarter comes. And they're getting behind by like 15 points. And it's like, yeah, but they're still in it. And it still feels like they're going to bring <laughs> it back. And then, yeah, in the fourth year, what is this? 16 points. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like that little deficit went up just a little bit each time, and they yeah, just could never steady. get it back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like it's a confidence thing. I don't know what they can do to the team. I wonder if they'll keep the coach. I wonder if we're going to lose. Uh, was it DeRozan's contract is up? DeRozan and Biombo. Or as, what was my dad call him again? Darizan? Darizan. Yeah. Darizan, like a drug. Yeah, that's amazing. A couple more points I want to talk about Raptors of the year. Like I was talking about how basketball is just so prevalent. Like even uh, on your game on uh, Friday at the hockey arena, they were playing basketball on all of like the screens, which was pretty crazy because it's a hockey arena. I mean, it was a big game, but even on the ones that they weren't playing the Raptors game, they're playing like the WNBA, which I've never seen on the screen <laughs> at a bar, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was pretty awesome. I wanted to give a shout out to like the marketing this year. 
I think they've really stepped it up as much as I didn't like their fonts and some other stuff. Like I can't even tell what it's saying. They've the, the marketing and like the social media guys really, yep, really stepped it up this year. The whole, we, the other, we, the North, yep. whatever we it might the other, be the way they're the North. Yeah. Just, I think these are some no. cool things to sort of remember in our time capsule. That is the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope this happens again, Eastern Conference, but it was a pretty cool year. And uh, I've never seen basketball on the map in the city. And uh, those crowds in Jurassic Park were it extended like into the street. Oh, yeah. Continued on and For on. For sure. They had some serious organization to uh, yeah. keep that under control. Yeah. So it's excellent. It's I like it. I like a city coming together. Yeah. And you've gotten into it, too. Like, you wouldn't say basketball's ever been something you were into, but... It became a shared interest because it's something I was into, and you're like, "Well, this can be a sport we watch together." Mm-hmm. But you actually legitimately like you'll come home and is like, "Did you hear about?" And I know you'll have all the news now and tell me about it. I think I yeah I follow the social media stories, um, and I follow you know the players that will write articles and opinions about the city and watch the interviews and you know the mashups with. Uh, DeRozan and Lowry and their little bromance going on and uh, yeah I tend to follow follow that during yeah. my during my day um, yeah. can you imagine them broken up that'd be pretty tough I gotta yeah. say um, we do I mean we've got a solid core of people so I mean I guess they could adjust and you know play with play with new people I that's, guess it all depends on sport yeah who they would get like, mm-hmm. who would you trade for or who you move up. I mean, maybe it becomes <clears throat> Corey Joseph and Kyle Lowry. Mm. And, uh, or that's... Corey Joseph and DeRozan. Uh, I can't see them getting rid of Lowry. Well, I don't know. isn't Lowry signed? It's DeRozan who's a yeah. free agent. Yeah, Lowry's but signed. True. But unless they still, trade him. You can still trade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends who they get, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, that would be interesting. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the year to come. But I, I did want to touch on that. It's been a pretty cool year for Toronto and the Raptors, especially. Yeah. Way to go, Raps. It was even exciting that going over to my parents' house for a monthly dinner, we just talked about the team and how they happened to be playing a game. And by the end of the game, they were into it. Yes. So much so that when we ran into them relatively recently, they had watched a game on their own. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they that. They were following it. So that's it awesome. Like, that's pretty cool that they got yes. into it. Excellent. All right. So let's move to some office talk. I feel like there Excellent. should be some kind of a song there. Office talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a new special. No, it's just the series. So The Office, that was a lot of fun. Um, I've heard, I've always heard good things about The Office. One of my really good friends watches it. And I just never, like, coming into a season and just watching one episode, like, in the middle of, like, the fifth season, it's really hard to get into a show. Yeah. Uh, so we started right from the beginning, and we we're, I think we were like, you know what, let's just, let's just give it a try and see what we think about <clears> it. <throat> and uh, there are some laugh out loud moments early on. We're like, maybe we can 
keep up with this. Yeah, and let's, let's preface this with uh, we're going to go into full spoiler territory here, obviously. Oh, yes. Is, Start if you've never ever watched The Office, the U.S. version, we're going we're gonna to talk, especially, I assume, about the finale because we just wrapped it up. Um, but I do, let's preface with, I do remember we were looking for a show. Mm-hmm. And I think we tried a couple Netflix originals like Masters of None. Yes. And one other one. I can't remember, but uh, both of those Netflix originals is like the acting is quite frankly just garbage. Like there's something not quite right about them. And I didn't want to watch another comedy show with a laugh track. We tried that recently with The Ranch. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, it was so hard. It's like, what, <laughs> so hard what to is watch. this? <laughs> it's so distracting. And so I remember it's like, well, The Office is now on here. Why don't we give it a shot? Like the writer, director, producer has was doing this before Parks yep. and Recreation, which we both like. I was just going to say, we also had piqued our interest because yeah. Parks is supposed to be, the style is supposed to be based on The Office. Is that what you've heard? Something like that. Something but I like mean, that. it's also the same the same writer or producer. I, I can't mm-hmm. remember what, whoever played Moe's in The Yeah, Michael Scher. Yeah. Um, so we started up. We started up the first uh episode and i remember it was like within 10 minutes is like you can already tell like this is a good show this is a high quality show Mm -hmm. and that was their first season which was not like the best of their stuff but like within 10 minutes is like all the acting's on point there's definitely some writing going on here like this this is what we've been missing Mm -hmm. from watching those other shows yep so and even though the boss was a little bit annoying you get that that's his character and that's how he's written and all right you work with that. That's a topic. That's what I want to talk about, actually. The annoying boss. Michael Scott. Let's talk about <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't understand how they kept him as manager for so long. Okay, so as a character. Yes. Okay. I'd like to... Pers- I'd also like to discuss... Um, again, some blanking. What is the actor's name? Oh, Carell. Steve, Steve Carell. Carell. Yeah. Uh, all the critics are <laughs> big fans of his... And oh, okay. And the, everywhere, I've been doing some research getting prepared for this one. It's like, oh, this show was basically over at season seven once he left. They lost the talent. So it's like it was no longer a show anymore. Really? And this is a common thing you hear. And it's like, well, it was all about Steve Carell. It was the Steve Carell show. And he uh, was my least favorite part of the show. I would agree, yeah. Like, okay, well, you're not just saying that because I put that in your head, are you? No, I mean, well... So there was a part of me, no. Okay, let me try and formulate this thought. Mm-hmm. He could be rather like irritating mm-hmm. during the show. And some of the stuff, like it's a TV show, so you try not to get offended at every joke that they're making. But he says some offensive things. Oh, yeah. And you sit there and you're kind of like, oh, I don't really know how I feel about that. Um, and I guess I just kind of accepted it as part of part of the show and part of everyone's relationship and they can find him his own employees can find him annoying but really they care about him you know they were gonna miss him when he leaves and I felt that after he left and we ended up with um the new boss Mm -hmm. which one the male the female I was okay with oh uh Robert California yeah I did not like him. And during those episodes, I was like, man, I miss Michael. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. So, 
That is uh, something I looked up as well, and pretty much fan consensus is season eight is the worst season of The Office. Oh, okay. Uh, season seven, it was somewhere in the middle is when uh, Carell left. Mm-hmm. That was the other weird thing is it seemed like it was a finale, but there were a few episodes after. They were always doing that, though. Yeah, it always. you can never <laughs> tell when it was actually a finale. Yeah. Um, but it, there was a definite adjustment period. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things I was reading online is uh, someone was saying that it's it was actually kind of interesting to watch because season eight was as if the writers were expressing their own feelings through their characters. And what I mean by oh. that is they had all these guys come in to do a job interview for the boss. Right. And it was almost like a focus test for the audience to tell them, well, which of these guys did you like yes. most? Yes. And then they took that information and they're like, well, James Spader really knocked it out of the park. Apparently people liked him. So now, boom, he's the suddenly he's the CEO of the company. Oh, gosh. And it's like, oh, some people really like huh. the lady, too. So we're going to yep. bring her in. And then Kathy they Bates. like they ran them for a while. And it's like they're mm-hmm. playing with the characters. And then I guess eventually it came to a point where it was like, I guess people don't like Spader. And then it's like, we're moving him out of the show. <laughs> and then it's like, who's this lady? A lot of feedback we're getting from this lady is, why is she even here? And then they have like characters go, why are you even here? <laughs> so it's like they were almost... Uh, going through the process with their audience, which I found kind of fascinating, yeah, interesting theory, and mm-hmm. I agree with it actually because uh, season eight was a weird transition that yes, it was. it's like they didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like, I really liked the last season. I liked when they got rid of the boss, essentially. Yes, I agree because that's when. Mm-hmm the characters finally had a chance to shine and grow and it got really interesting. Yep. Definitely. Um, a lot of people really hated Andy as a character too online, uh, especially like in from the later, the beginning? in the or later, in the later, later seasons okay. when he was a boss. Cause it was like, he just suddenly became this weird psychotic guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's put a note on that and okay. get back to it. But, uh, when he went away on that long trip and it seems like that was some of my favorite, the office episodes actually mm-hmm. is when uh, they started to really develop some of those other characters, which are the characters I like the most. Yes. So let's let's talk a little bit about the finale. What what do you think of the finale? Okay. I I definitely liked the finale. Um, I haven't thought about where it ranks in my favorite finale episodes, uh, but I don't know I thought they did well to um, you know wrap things up. Um, bring in some characters we may not have seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of was like a nice culmination of character growth, like especially Dwight. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing his character come around full circle. Um, yeah. D- yeah. Did you find that awkward at all? Because I remember you said that immediately after, like how he was like, and my best friend is Pam. Yeah. I think hearing him say it, I'm like, what? What is he talking about? And then you think back and you're like, no, you know what? They're buddies. Yeah. They are. I said, well, who else would be her, his best yeah. friend? Because I think once you said that, I was like. He didn't really get along no, with anyone. That's true. <laughs> and there are, he has like moments throughout, like, yeah, moments throughout where you can see that he, you know, he's got a, he got a soft spot for, for Pam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when when a TV series ends, there's like a few things they do. Um, 
the idea of having a bunch of old characters come back is is usually yep. a thing they try to do. Yep. Um, but another thing they try to do is have some kind of a twist or or some kind of a big, exciting thing that you didn't see coming. Okay. Often happens in finales. Okay. And I feel like these guys took a very different approach and did not do that. Um, they did it much more as a uh, wrap-up, a... Uh, Maybe it's more like a, a comedy. Like, it's about a wedding. It's like, instead of going a tragic way of having someone die, it's like, let's go with the wedding. So they took almost a traditional finale-style ending where it's like, everyone's moving on and doing their things, and this person's going to get married, and Yeah, I just happy. felt like they wrapped it up well. I mean, you've gone through nine seasons of Jim pulling pranks on Dwight, mm-hmm. and the last episode is Jim pulling pranks on yeah. Dwight. But, and it's it just a, kind but of, it was a positive prank. But it was a positive a prank, prank, kind of like turned it all around. And Dwight and Angela are finally together. And, yeah, you know, everyone just seems dandy. So what surprised me about this is uh, after watching it with you, I decided to go online and I did like a Google search for like top 10 best and uh, worst finales okay. of TV shows. And... Uh, not to surprise us, uh, How I Met Your Mother was listed as one of the worst finales <laughs> nice. ever done. And <laughs> I totally agree with that. But just below it, they said The Office, the U.S., was one of the worst finales they'd ever seen. Really? Because they said they played it too safe. Oh. It was too, yeah, boring, whatever. Of course, Michael showed up. There should have been more Michael and blah, blah, blah. Did they have, like, what ranked as number one best? They didn't have actual numbers next to it. Oh. And a lot of the shows I didn't, I've never, You've never seen. never seen, so okay. So I didn't no comparison. take a note of them. I'm blanking on how Parks and Recreation finished. It was very similar. Right? Yeah. Except okay. they fast-forwarded, like, yes. five years. Yes. Um, that's another thing that happens. And I guess The Office did that, too. Yep. One of the cool things about The Office, actually, what I really liked is they made the whole point of them making that documentary have a point. Yes. It was like the documentary's finished and you get to watch it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm finally airing it. And it's like, this is a year after all the characters are getting together, reunion. Maybe that's considered safe and a trope for TV, but I liked how they brought that in. It wrapped it all up and all made sense. Yeah. And you got to see the characters react to their character growth, too, kind of. You know, Pam was like, I started watching the documentary and I had to stop because I could have been happy and I waited four years. And you're like yelling at the TV like, yes, we know I waited four years for Pam and Jim to do something. Yeah. And that's, again, where the show was getting very uh, aware of itself. Where mm-hmm. the characters are almost like viewers of their TV show. Yeah. And they're looking at it and they're being very, oh man, I, I've seen how we've grown. I've seen how we used to be nine years ago. And I, I get to see how, you know, our lives have passed and how much everything's changed. And wow, I, I was mar- almost married to that guy. Like, it's stuff that a lot of other TV shows, like, I don't think Friends ever was like, oh yeah, remember how you dated 78 guys? Yeah, did something. a little like retrospective. It's not like mm-hmm. there was any kind of sense of growth with those characters. It was like, well, yeah, whatever. It's overdone. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually seemed like these people were aware of the consequences and the changes in their character and stuff. It was, yeah. I don't know, I thought it was really interesting. I thought it had a really nice positive end to it. And without being too in your face, they gave 
I don't know, sort of like a moral, sort of a something you can take from it, where she's like, if there's something important in your life, don't wait on it. Like I did. Yes. Go get it. Like, I don't know. It's kind of mm-hmm. positive. I like that a lot. Yes, definitely. Um, going back to the pinned point, Andy. Andy. Uh, so we just recently, because we don't know what we're going to watch next as a show, so we just went back and started Ongoing watching problem. <laughs> Started to watch uh, a couple episodes in the middle. I think we dropped into season three, Yep. Um, where things started to get kind of interesting with, uh, actually, that was probably the best part of the series, three and four. I think so, because um, when I went back to watch it, that's where I started to. Because mm-hmm. it's, uh, that's when they start introducing a bunch of new characters, you get... Uh, Ann Perkins with what's her name again? Um, like her actress, yeah. like the person, yeah. Um, Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones, yeah. <laughs> Rashida Jones is introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, I will always call her Ann Perkins with both my hands up. Ann Perkins. Um, yeah, and they introduce the Andy character, Andy Bernard, um, as well as a few other ones in this other branch. And eventually, they have to merge the branches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that further conflict happens where Michael quits for the first time. That's going to come up soon too. Yes. And he starts his own company. Yes. And then they're going to bring in another receptionist. And then that's where it starts to get really interesting. We got a long time to go though, because Pam has to go to art school first before Michael quits. She's in art school. Not like in New York art school though. Got to get to that part. There's still a lot to go. Okay. There is nine seasons. We did go through them very quickly. Um, but those were the coolest parts of the, I think of the office is when he left the company and when they were merging the two companies because mm-hmm. that was actually some interesting change ups with the show dynamics yeah um, so when they first introduced Andy he actually was he actually seemed pretty consistent to me I don't know you can please disagree with me if you have your own opinion consistent how like what do you mean like his character uh, is the same as he was in season nine when people are like he was annoying or whatever yeah. Or at least he started and ended at the same point. Yes. Because he came in and he was like, I have a goal. I'm just uh, going to be the boss. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put on my thing. And he t- plays the banjo. He's about singing. He mm-hmm. introduces his Cornell thing. Yep. Like, he seemed pretty established as a character right off the get-go. Yes. And I think we see him go through some changes. So I think he starts out kind of macho and becomes almost... Well, and goes through his little anger management phase. Yeah. I don't know if he had another gig to to take care of while he was in anger management. Maybe that was the first um, hangover, maybe. Maybe. Um, and then he almost seems to go through like a crisis of self. Like a, a, my parent, like my, I, my dad doesn't love me as much as my brother. Yeah. And he's trying to, you know, come to grips with all of that and yeah. um, his relationship with Aaron yeah, and how that all works out. And then he kind of, yeah, finishes back up where he started. Yeah. I actually really, really liked how they finished off his character as well in the finale mm-hmm. because he becomes a huge laughing stock, but he takes that in stride too. Yes, he does. kind of, Interesting. Very good, Andy. Very good. I don't know. As far as like a show that's grounded in reality and starts very realistic and then slowly becomes more and more ridiculous as uh-huh. years <laughs> and episodes go by, which all shows do. Like uh-huh. that's a lot what happens with uh, serious shows. Uh, but uh, <laughs> even despite 
as weird and strange as it got, like making the Michael Scott paper company and stealing clients from your other job, like that should be a huge legal problem right there. But somehow that all worked out. And then it still had a pretty good realistic sense of an ending at the end of it all. Mm -hmm. As, as ridiculous as it was, it was good. Do you have a favorite gym prank? That's a good question. Uh, shoot, I should have remembered. I should have wrote that down. What's yours? Well, mine, I thought I had some good favorites until close to the end where he did the uh, prank where he sets up his hotel room as a murder scene and writes on the wall in red letters, Dwight did it. Mm. And then he falls out of the closet. <laughs> That's That was one of his more extreme ones. That one's kind of scary. Um, oh, I thought it was fun. I don't know. I... I, I, what comes to mind? What comes to mind, and it feels like a cop-out, but I, I love the classic, just the office supplies in Jello. Nice. Um, <laughs> it's very memorable, and it was like the first prank. I think that's how you're introduced to the character. Yeah. Or both characters, really. Mm -hmm. The prankster and the pranky. Um, but it also becomes a callback when, again, in that season three, when we're introduced to this Andy character, he does the same thing to Andy, and Andy just flips out yes and then that's how it's like whoa we've established a new character this is different mm -hmm. and uh i thought that was a cool way to you know have a callback but also do character development in a really smart way that's true it comes back a third time doesn't it the jello yeah i thought it happened one more I time i thought i thought he did it at that office did he do it with andy's yeah it might come back again should put his wedding ring in a jello or something oh give gosh him to pam that would have been nice my other favorite one is where Dwight picks up the phone and hits himself in the face, <laughs> which was because Jim put like a quarter in the receiver, mm. one every day for like a month so that the phone felt heavier mm. and then took them all out on one day. So then Dwight picks up the phone and has this like... Um, it's like proprioception <laughs> yeah. has this idea that the phone's going to be really heavy and just like thrusts it upwards and hits himself in the face. That's yeah. also kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And the amount of time that was taken to pull off some of these pranks. Oh, it's, yeah. He's dedicated. <laughs> dedicated. It know, is it was, his job. It was fun. It definitely, yeah, definitely had some killer laugh out loud moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The funny thing is Jim's probably the most horrible human being in the show. A little, yeah. <laughs> because of these pranks. As much as Dwight is a scary individual because of his habits mm -hmm. and hobbies, yep. uh, he doesn't like maliciously go out to bother no. people. No. Although he did shoot off a gun in the office. He did, yes. But that I was season eight and people don't count that one. <laughs> well, I don't think Jim ever <clears throat> did anything that would endanger someone's life. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think if we took notes, if we actually yeah. brought up like all the pranks, I'm sure we could find. Is this going to be one of those things where it's like home alone, where it's like these guys should have died five times? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Because I mean, you can even argue like the one we just saw recently where uh, he convinced Dwight that he was getting messages from the CIA. Uh huh. And then the last message was to meet on the roof. We're going to send a helicopter. So he's out there for four hours. And then it's like, you've been compromised, break your phone. He destroys yep. his phone. So now he's on the roof in the middle of the night with no phone. Maybe that would be a problem. Like, what if he can't get home? I don't know. Uh, 
you're applying a realistic something to it, you could probably find I guess ways so. that he's But it wasn't a brick to his face. Who took a brick to the face? Home Alone. Oh. <laughs> so totally, totally not following you for a second. I'm saying like, you know, life-threatening injury. I don't remember that occurring. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is TV romances. Oh, nice. Um, yes. I felt this more with The Office than I did with Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, it seemed way more um, fluid, uh, natural, the relationships developing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't seem like something that was just put into the show uh, to, I don't know, get audience interest or something. Yes. It seemed like with The Office, in contrast, that there was always a new relationship sort of blooming or starting mm-hmm. uh, just to, I don't know, have something exciting to look at. And at first it was Pim and Jam. Pim and Jam. Pam, <laughs> Pam and Jim. That's awesome. Uh, and it's like once they finally got together, it's like, okay, so we got to do the next one. And there was n- numerous failings with Michael Scott. That was always a disaster. Let's mm-hmm. not count them. But it's like then they put in that Andy Aaron thing. Yes. Which, which seemed cute. Yeah. And then it just horribly fell apart. And I was like, well, who cares? Yeah. And then it's like, we're going to streamline another guy in there. Yeah. And, it's just and like, have him, somehow he has to be more perfect for Aaron. So we have to believe like. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, that's interesting. Because I did find with Parks and Rec, I think the first time we went through it. Mm-hmm. And we had the whole Ann Perkins, Chris Trigger yeah. thing. It kind of felt to me like that was. Forced. Yes. No, I agree with that. When you watch it again, you can kind of see how they're like hinting at it a little bit more yeah, if you're like paying attention to it. At the same time, I mean, they really handled that relationship better because they sort of came out of it like, well, we weren't really into each other. Like it was just kind of a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like uh i thought someone made a i thought it was a donna character was like oh they belong together they're so beautiful or something it was just like a sexual attraction <laughs> or something well then i do remember seeing when the, when you watch it again you're like really were they really like did they really want to be together and there are moments where ann perkins is like i dated that guy and then chris will give her this really nice compliment mm-hmm. and she'll be like yeah that's why i dated this guy yeah and you're like okay i can see that it's cute it's more realistic though Anne and Chris. Yeah. It's a realistic portrayal of a relationship. It's not all relationships. And this is what I'm trying to get at is the office was constantly doing this like, oh, they're so cute together. And then, oh, never, never mind. Oh, now these two are cute. Yeah. And and there was always more than one. It's like, it seemed like they had like three office relationships at one point. Yes. It's just like. And Angela went through quite a number of guys too. you (laughs) You can date outside of the office, you know, like you don't have to date co-workers it's true but it's so much easier when they're already in the office <laughs> i guess so but it's just like that seems a little bizarre to me because mm-hmm. i mean certainly not at my workplace do we have everyone dating each other like melrose place that's true you but, have a different work dynamic for sure oh a bunch of people at your work uh, dating each other no that would be weird yes <laughs> we also only have I'll like that point, four you. people in my lab Right. So so if it was office percentage, that would mean at least two of you would be dating. I guess so. And that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, best. Some people will say that 
Jim and Pam, or mm-hmm. Jam and Pim, as I called them <laughs> earlier, are one of the best TV couples of all time. Would you agree with that? Best TV couple of all time? That's like one a of. pretty high order. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, yes, I have enjoyed Pam and Jim. I would also put Leslie and Ben up there. Yeah. If I'm going to put Pam and Jim up there. I thought they were cuter. Leslie and Ben? Yeah. Yes. Although I did appreciate, I did appreciate, and this is what some people didn't like. Um, I like that they introduced some conflict in the last couple of seasons. Um, it was sad or whatever. Yes. But uh, I think that was handled in a very good kind of realistic way because they presented a conflict of this guy wanting to start his own dream job mm-hmm. and uh, the woman not wanting to move. Mm-hmm. And then him keeping it a secret and doing it anyway created a huge conflict because there was not so much a cheat, but it was like both of them trying to do their own dream, but there's like no middle ground in it. Yeah. They they started to not work together as closely anymore yeah. as a team. But it's a very realistic and no one's really the enemy in this conversation. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I didn't ever go, oh, come on, Pam, like, just just move. Yes. Or, like, like nah. same thing with Jim. Like, like he doesn't want to be in this one job his whole life. He yeah. wants to experience something different. And it's a really and, cool job. Yeah, an opportunity came up. And it was something he enjoyed and something he was good at. So yes. it's like, I get that, too. So Yep. I think they just, yeah, they really needed to talk that out better. Which they did eventually, and that yes. just proved that they're a good, a good fit and a good relationship. Mm-hmm. It is hard to watch those difficult relationship times. It yeah. happens in the Mindy Project too. Yeah, and you really want to see what's going to happen, but you're also like, it's just really sucks to watch people fight. Yeah, that's a fourth couple in the office: is Mindy and the Ryan guy. Yes, and they're just off and on the they're whole time. Just chaos all the time. Yeah, although they were one of the more entertaining ones. Yes. I think Mindy definitely took some <laughs> cues from that character and really developed her in Oh yeah. in Mindy. Are they similar? Uh with the pop culture references and yeah. her being like this is what's new in my life and just talking about celebrities. Yeah. That's totally Mindy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's probably just what she's like mm-hmm. and she's embracing <laughs> it and making that into her thing, which is totally cool. It's fun. But I do appreciate seeing that on TV because yes. Life relationships aren't just fluffy, great, no problems mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice to see that. No, absolutely. Because there are good times and there are bad times. There are. And it's how you work through the good times and the bad times. Mm-hmm. So we have to find out what our next show is going to be. Yes. Um, and maybe... I don't know, maybe the next time we start a show, we can sort of make that part of a segment or something, because that might be fun. That would be fun. So you can uh, listen in and and watch along with us to sort of get commentary and discussion about it, instead of just being like, we started it, and now we ended it, and I'm trying to remember all the middle. Mm -hmm. It might be better to sort of do it as we are watching. That would be fun. But I don't know what to watch, so let's just throw this out. What TV show should we watch? Send us an email at ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. Yes, please. We're in need of some entertainment. And we prefer uh, something light and funny. Yeah. Rather than drama. 
we have so many we have so many check boxes that we have to fit oh uh, in terms no, of like no what laugh tracks <laughs> can it be fun yes. netflix originals really let us down well i've enjoyed some netflix originals i gotta say okay like uh orange is the new black is a netflix original all right and kimmy unbreakable kimmy schmidt do you like it i like it i don't know if it's like i don't laugh out loud funny at it yeah because i've only caught a couple moments and every time i see it i'm just like this is i'm more just like i want to see i mean i like her yes she's fine her i just want to see how kimmy deals with new challenges i guess from from what i've seen the supporting cast seems very annoying and overly yes. dramatic all the time. Yes, I would agree with that. So I don't really know why I'm still going with it. I kind of feel the same way about that series Love with um, oh, Gillian yeah, yeah. Jacobs. Yeah. Same thing where I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm like in love with this, but mm-hmm. I want to see where things go Yeah. and how this works out, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. All right, well. Maybe we'll have something next time. Yes. Um, But uh, I think we need to close. We're pretty far along here. Oh, yeah? Got to wrap it up? Got to wrap it up. Okay. So. So. (laughs) Shout out to the email already. Yes. Uh, We also have a website, ordinaryday.ca, where you can listen to all of our episodes. Yeah, or subscribe on iTunes or whatever Android's doing now. I think they have a podcast service. I need to look into that. Oh, excellent. Like an official one, finally. Oh, okay, cool. And as always, we want to shout out to Phil Processor for our wonderful intro and outro music. Sweet. Yes, they're awesome. So, until next time. Take one more. Four. Four. The road. road. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) 